Welcome to the Red Triangle Sports Podcast, the Blue Mountain Fantasy Baseball Champion League edition. I'm your host, Matt Kozlowski, from the Denver Desperados, joining me from the Jones Brothers, Shane Stein. Hey, good to be here, Matt. And from the Stramara Stallions, Kyle Stramara. Uh, the reigning champion, Stramara Stallions, I'm doing well. Yeah, but you're not even the best fantasy baseball team in your family this year, so... <laughs> uh, Sorry about that, buddy. We'll see you at the end of the year. All right. Maybe uh, Frank would have something to say about that, so we'll see. All right. This uh, We are now in the middle of week 10. Uh, we talked about midseason All-Stars last week, and the cream is rising to the top. Shout out to you, Andy. That, that's for you, buddy. The cream <laughs> is rising to the top of the Jim Edmonds division. Um, that's right. We took over and not giving it back. So come get it, buddy. Um, all right, Shane, you got some trivia for us to kick this off. All right. Um, I remember at, uh, winter meetings, uh, I think it was two years ago. Um, we talked about the relevance of total bases in our league. And oh I remember Kyle specifically saying that he thinks he could name the guys that were at the top of the total bases list at the end of the year. So, I'm wondering if you guys can name the top 10 guys in total bases so far in 2016. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Did I say that? You did say that. I remember it was at O'Brien's house in Hamburg. Um, we are having the discussion, and you said you think you had a pretty good shot at naming who the best total bases guys were. So, let's see how well you guys can do. All right, um... Nolan Arenado. Oh, you took my guess. He is eighth with 132. So we want what, top ten, you said? Yeah. yeah this is a nightmare. Uh, David Ortiz. He is first, 142 total bases so far. Uh, Mookie Betts. He is second, 139 total bases. Wow. Tied for second. Wow, I did not think that was going to be the case. I think this is a little easier than you guys are, are moaning about here. Um, I didn't moan. Mike Trout. I'm two for two. Uh, Mike Trout is not on the list. He is... All right, it's not that easy then. 15. Manny Machado. Machado is fourth. 137. Mark Trumbo. Mark Trumbo is third. Or tied for second, I'm sorry, with bets. 139. That was kind of the one that, that stuck out for me. I mean, kind of t- time to start thinking of uh, Trumbo as legit here, I think. Yeah. Um, this might be a bad guess, but Corey Seager. It's not a bad guess. <clears throat> He's not in the top 10, but he is 12th, or tied okay. for 11. I knew he had a lot of homers, and he has a good average, so felt good about it. Um, see, like, I want to say Todd Frazier. Because he's got half of that in home runs alone, but yeah, I'll guess, I'll guess anyway. Todd Frazier. He's not. He's probably somewhere around thirty. All right, that's bad. Then I'm an idiot. Miggy. Um. Miguel Cabrera is not on the list. Jose Altuve. Jose Altuve is sixth, hundred and thirty-four. I'm not good at Rob, this game. Robbie Cano. Robbie Cano is fifth. 135. How many more we got? So far, you guys have gotten seven of them. So you need three okay. more. Uh, Ian Desmond. He's not on the list. George, George Springer. George Springer is 10th. <clears throat> 125. That's a good guess. Thanks, man. I like it. I like it. Um, Two names out there. Numbers seven and nine. Daniel Murphy. Daniel Murphy is seven. 133. Um, I'm going to say Xander Bogarts. He is 14. What about Neil Walker? Neil Walker is no. not on the list. Uh, I'm just going to say bad guess. I don't see him anywhere here. Thanks. 
Starling Marte. He is it's a bad guess as well. Gregory Polanco. Uh, no. Polanco's around twentieth. Bad guess. Alright, I'm done. No, can't be done. One more guess. Each. Alright. Alright, my last guess is gonna be Chris Bryant. It is not Bryant. He is 16th. All right. Tied for 15th with Trout. Now I'm done. Anthony Rizzo. Stop. It is not Rizzo. That's, that's a bad like guess. Yeah, I just wanted to say one of my players' names. Um, so. Everyone's favorite early season darling, Trevor Story. Oh, yeah. He's got a lot of extra base hits. Yeah, a, a lot, lot of extra, extra base, base hits, hits. From, uh, from Story in the early going. He doesn't so. hit singles. <clears throat> that wasn't as bad as you guys thought. I thought it was really hard. I'm, I'm stupid. That's what, I got, that's what I took from that. <laughs> Speaking of Trevor Story, let's get into the trades for this week. Trevor Story was not traded, but his owner, Dutch Oven, made a deal with Gorilla Glue, who continues to just trade anybody and everybody. Um, Leonis Martin switches teams from Gorilla Glue to Dutch Oven for $3 each of the next two years. Your thoughts? Uh, I think we're going to get some good good uh, back and forth here, because... I know we talked earlier in the week. Um, I'm on the Leonis Martin train. Uh, I like I like what he does. I like the power speed combo that he that he can bring to a team. You're the conductor of that train. I am. I'm. <laughs> I am the conductor of the Martin I'm train. I'm shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I drafted him. Obviously, I, I had high hopes for him. I thought he would do well this year in Seattle. Um, playing pretty pretty good baseball, and if he can play at the top of that lineup, I think uh, his value is is pretty high. So I like what the Dutch Oven did. Um, I also like what Gorilla Glue did. you got to get some value for the guy. Um, I know Kyle's probably going to jump in and disagree with me here. But I think maybe he could have got a little bit more. But I, I think he, he got what he could. He, he went out and got something for him, made sure. Um, yeah, I do disagree. I think at some point, Bino has to keep somebody. And um, when we wrote out the eight guys that are left, uh, we said Brandon Finnegan with the question mark, and that's not a good sign. Um, I think uh, Leonis Martin would have been a nice keeper on his team. Um, so, uh, you know, getting a couple bucks in the next two drafts, not thrilled about it, um, not really necessary, especially the way cash is traded out on draft day. Um, he kind of just handed them away. So I think... Um, yeah, I think Fick made a good deal. I think he's a guy that um, if this push to try and make the playoffs doesn't work out, that he can keep. So, uh, good trade for him. All right. Uh, so, I guess I'm the I'm the guy that feels differently. I don't think Leonis Martin is very good. Um, the OBP is what I think kills it for me. Um you know, he's like a 300 OBP guy. He's 337 right now. Um, the more I've heard people talk about Leonis Martin, the more I feel like maybe I'm wrong. Um, but I just don't think he's a 2020 guy, which is what he's profiling as right now. So I think if you are the Martin owner, selling on him now is what you should have done. I think Bino did a good job getting something for him, like uh, Shane said. And I think if you are buying Martin, I just feel like he did. He he banked probably two thirds of his counting numbers in like home runs and RBIs already this season. So that that's I don't know. I just, I just don't feel like he's that great. But maybe part of this is the fact that as it's well documented by you, I drafted him in our minor league draft. So did you? That's kind of the. I got still tugging at the heartstrings. I didn't know you had him in the minor draft. I thought you just drafted him that year and tried to sell him all offseason to anybody that would take him, and nobody <laughs> would. So No, I, I drafted Martin in the, in the minors. Um, seems like forever ago. I can't even remember how many years it is now. But I don't think he's a keeper-level level player in this league, in my opinion. I, I guess that's been our argument. Uh, uh, is Leonis Martin a, a keeper-value player? I mean, that's kind of where we're at back and forth. 
you're right about the OVP. It, it's concerning. He's never really been a guy that gets on base a whole lot. Yeah, like why would you want to hit him at the top of the order if you're the Mariners, other than the fact that he's fast? But I think that we are all a little smarter nowadays that it doesn't have to be your fastest player leading off. I think you want a guy that's on base all the time, and I think if he's going to hit 7th or 8th in that lineup, that's probably his best chance to do damage, but that kills fantasy value, so that that's just my opinion. But yeah, When you got a guy like Kevin Marta, you should be batting him first. <laughs> yeah. My other issue, and we talked about this a little bit, I don't know if Fick needed another outfielder. He's got Blackman, Calhoun, Adam Eaton, and Matt Kemp. Um, you know, he's, he's got Dejo Lee in the utility spot today, but Danny Valencia and Matt Duffy on his bench because they didn't play today. So I'm not sure that he needed this. I think we it's well documented that Caleb needs some arms. Um, he needs some guys that can be starting pitchers in real life. So... <laughs> um, yeah, there, there's no secret. The Dutch oven, where they struggle, is is their starting pitching. Um, obviously, they're having a pretty good week this week. Um, they've been doing a lot of streaming, you've been noticing. Um, picking up some starting pitching, and it's been working out so far. But that, that's kind of where, where their team lies. They need they need starting pitching help. Um, that's where they, they lose their categories. Their offense is, is pretty strong. Yeah, he's got a great offense. We all know about that. Um... So maybe there's, I know we, we spoke earlier, maybe there's a corresponding move here. Um, he's trying to get rid of something on, a, on his offensive side and, and move for some starting pitching help. Yeah. Um, another Lebanon Valley grad, Zach Smith makes a trade with Bino, uh, not Bino, sorry. Bino's made all the trades in this league. So this <laughs> one was Burkhart, Dexter Fowler, um, Zach gets another Oriole. Oh, wait. He didn't sign with the Orioles. He signed with the <laughs> Cubs. He spurned the Orioles. Um, Fowler goes to Zach for $13 in next year's draft. Um, this is one, in my mind, where a keeper was traded. Um, you know, Fowler's got a decent price tag on him. I think it's... 22 bucks, 22 it? Yeah, I think it's 22 23 bucks. Uh, 22 so 22 is a little steep, um, maybe to keep, but Burkhart's going to have cash, so he could have kept a player like that. Um, so he, he trades off a keeper, potential keeper, for 13 bucks of draft cash um, so that he can get another player like maybe Troy Tulowitzki this year, next year in the draft. So I like this <laughs> Stop move. It. I like this move for Zach. I, I like it. I mean, and we talked about that we're always going to like the buying side in, in more cases than not. But, um, you know. Man, this this is such a typical kingdom come move, though, isn't it? Yeah. It seems like there, there's always one of these where they buy an offensive player for 10 to 15, sometimes even more, for draft cash. Yeah, this was vintage yeah. 2014, 13 right here. <laughs> Zach yeah. Smith style. They, they've shown that they're not afraid to go and give up the draft cash and give me a bat. Uh, I want more bats. <laughs> That's kind of kind of been their mo. Um, every time they buy, it seems like, hey, here's fifteen dollars of draft cash. Give me give me some something that can hit. Um, but kind of kind of tough to to argue either side lost here. Um, Zach makes a move, improving what is already a really good offense, and Burkhart's loading up with cash for for future drafts. There's not much else you can say. I mean that's. <laughs> Loading up for drafts, and eventually maybe he hits on one. That's just good analysis. Um, yeah, I think both are winners in the situation. Uh, Zach could definitely use an outfielder, um, so great move on his part. But uh, when it comes to, I think you know that's that's a fair amount of cash to make it worth it, in my opinion. Um, that's thirteen dollars is a difference maker for me. Yeah, no, it's a it yeah, it's a sizable when, amount of cash. Yeah, when you when you're trading for three four dollars, not as exciting. <clears throat> um, but thirteen dollars can make a difference in the draft, and um, you know, hopefully he can hit instead of like you alluded to trading or I mean, using the money to get a guy like Troy Tulowitzki who has been awful. I have a smirk on my face right now because you said three dollars cash isn't really anything. But 
you're like the typical guy to kick in like three dollars cash on the back end of a deal to make it fair for someone else. <laughs> so, nothing to say about that. You're just looking at me like. I mean, three dollars cash can get you half of Burkhart's minor league draft, Kyle. <laughs> what are you, What are you really asking me? <laughs> are you asking me why I asked for a couple extra bucks, or no? You no, or yeah. That's I mean. Fine. If I can get more, I'll take it. Coming from a guy who always needs a little bit more, uh, $3 is not a big deal. So you think Fowler at 22 is less of a keeper than Martin at 5? Who, me? Yeah. Um, not necessarily, but they're sim- I'd say similar, but Burkhart got a better return. So it was yeah. a better trade. I think Dexter Fowler is a better player than Leonis Martinez. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a given. But the money difference. I mean, obviously, like the, the $17 difference, it does make a, a little bit of, of a judgment call there. But I, I think it's pretty similar keeper keeper value there. Yeah. I, I like this move for Zach. Uh, definitely something to watch in the Pete Rose division. Um, speaking of our update on the Pete Rose division, Shane, two weeks later, your team looks exactly the same. <laughs> What's going on? I am in talks, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, Frank and Zach are kind of pushing the envelope, huh? Making me, they're making moves, and, and I'm kind of standing pat right now, um, and I'm in the lead, <laughs> um, but I still think that I have the third best team in the division. Um, Is it time for Shane to sell? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> <laughs> am I on your radar yet, Kyle? No. <laughs> Man, Not what? until you make at least three moves. What, what do I have to do? He makes I mean? seven every day. What do you want him to do? <laughs> it's because they're not trades. All right, sorry. When but yeah, improve, I mean... Ka- when you improve your team by three players, I will respect you. <laughs> Obviously, I mean, Zach and Frank, uh, I think they both have pretty nice teams. Zach is giving Frank a hurting this week. Um, Frank's just been... The, the, the streak of bad luck is just continuing uh, for the destiny. Um, going up against what seems to be an onslaught every week. I mean, he, he had a, had a nice week last week against Adam, but I mean, everyone's kind of been playing well against him. I just feel like I, I obviously in the near future I, I have to do something. Uh, I'm not as good as these two teams right now, so um, hopefully I but can you, get something done. I mean, I know you I outwork them though. What'd you say? You outwork them though. I mean, so far, I, I've had to. I had no choice. <laughs> if I want to stay competitive with, with both of these teams, I, I need to. I'm sighing and rolling my eyes because for those of you um, that didn't listen to our fantasy football podcast, Shane likes to publicly self-deprecate um, and talk down everything that he does and his team so that he can not jinx himself. What, so. p- what part of that was not an honest assessment? You guys, you guys don't think that Zach and Frank's team are better than mine? Am I? No, am they're I, definitely better than you. I, I think I, so too. You're not on my radar, and they are. So. I don't think I don't think I'm off base in saying that. I think your team's just fine. You're 15th in the breakdown for a reason. I, I'm not saying by any means my team isn't good. I think I have a nice team, but I, I think they're a little better than me. Jose Abreu and David Price, or David Price, would look great in a Jones Brothers uniform. <laughs> I'm trying You're to just really it. good at streaming. I, I've been very successful on the streaming market this year, and that's kind of kind of what's been holding me together. Hey, you talked me into it. I, I have back-to-back streaming home runs today and yesterday. David Fries was a guy I was eyeing today. I was. I just woke up a little earlier than you. He did. So. <laughs> he did. I was out a little bit last night. Uh, <laughs> had a couple drinks, and... Uh, Woke up a little late to, to get on the David Freeze train. Yep. Trevor Plouffe last night, David Freeze tonight. Which washed-up third baseman will be in my utility <laughs> spot tomorrow? <laughs> Tune in to the Blue Mountain League to see um, who that guy is. All right, so, Shane, time for you to eat some crow here. What is wrong with the McKeensburg Matadors? Nobody is a bigger Matadors fan than you. Um, you liken them to the New England Patriots, and I want you to tell us what's wrong with your favorite team in the league. There's nothing wrong with my favorite team in the league. Um, <laughs> I think we can all understand and appreciate that at this time of year, Andy is pretty busy with uh, with things going on down in uh, in Florida. 
Um, his team is still loaded. It's still really good. Um, we've seen this before in the past, last year especially, um, middle of the year, Andy kind of takes a little vacation, takes some time off uh, from the fantasy game, and he'll come back later in the year and, and make a run at it. So I'm not worried about it. Um, obviously, it's hurting him in the standings a little bit right now. You don't see the usual usual transactions haven't been taking place. I still think his team is very, very good. Um, but it just shows that you, there's a couple ways of going at it. I mean, yeah, sure, you want to have good players, but you also gotta you gotta stay vigilant if you want to win those extra games. Um, it's it's hard to to beat people if you're not making those day-to-day day-to-day moves so he's kind of just in that stagnant um taking taking a little time off and i expect him in the in the near future to start getting back on the train and he'll make a run at late in the year yeah i think you hit it he's just he's busy at this time um and i mean not that other people aren't busy but um it seems when he gets busy that you know the priorities shift obviously and he's willing to take the time away from fancy baseball and He'll get back on it. I'm sure he will. Um, and his team is clearly very talented. So uh, concerns don't have a ton of them. I do think it's going to cost him the division. I, I think there are some concerns in this team, though. Uh, I know we all think he's got a great roster, and he does. I'm not saying that. But Mark Teixeira on the DL, potentially season-ending and potentially career-ending injury for Teixeira. Still in a starting lineup. Obviously, you know, there's not a lot out there to replace Teixeira, but he's borderline droppable right now. Velazquez, don't know if he throws another pitch the rest of the season. That's an issue. A.J. Pollock, um, big piece of his team missing. Um, uh, No timetable yet for his return. He just started baseball activities, I think, this week or next week. Boxberger. Another guy may miss the rest of the season. Um, he was really counting on him for a lot of saves, and that's a category in which uh, Andy could use some some numbers in. Bautista a little banged up right now. Beltre a little banged up right now, and Posey has not looked like Buster Posey so far this season. Um, Ryan Braun always a candidate to be on the sixty day DL with some mysterious back injury at any point. So. There, there's there's holes here. Um, yeah, I'm willing to go out and say, I mean, obviously I was very bullish on how good the Matadors were early in the season. I still think that they're very good. I think it's a fair assessment to say this is a team that, I mean, no offense to Andy, I'm kind of hoping he doesn't make the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Um, I, he's not a team that I want to see um, if I make the playoffs so that I have to see in a, in a matchup uh, late in the year. Um, so you're hoping that that maybe you can gain some ground on him and, and he doesn't sneak in. But certainly a team that if he does sneak in, um, I think he's right on the edge right now. I think he's number nine in the rankings. So if he's a team that does sneak in, he's certainly someone that I don't want to play. Drew Smiley just gave up another home run. He's not even pitching tonight. So it's just <laughs> Yeah, I mean, his pitching has definitely come back to earth. Um, they were all on fire in the first uh, few weeks of seeing. Um, yeah. Everyone on his team was just dealing. Um, and and you see guys like Porcello, Smiley, maybe coming back down to earth a little bit. Um, obviously, Velasquez was great in the early going. But I, I'm, I'm not as worried as you might think about the Maddors. I think once they get back into it, they're, they're going to be a tough team to beat. All right. Um, the other team dubbed as one of the best teams in the league. There's a huge matchup going on right now in the Ken Griffey Jr. division. Uh, Stallions and Fanatics. Kyle, you've spoken multiple times on the podcast about how Adam's a team that worries you in your division this year with the Fanatics Ball Club. Um, Shane and I have also agreed that Adam's got a good thing going on. Um, But you're up 11-3 right now this week despite only having two home runs. Uh, it's impressive that you're hitting 329 and have 23 RBIs, despite, like I said, having the two home runs. And don't look now, but the Stallions are, you know, throwing up some zeros this week. Hasn't been a bad pitching week for you. So 
trying to build a nice little cushion for yourself in your division this week, and right now it looks like you'll be successful in doing so. Yeah, this is yeah, kind of... Um, yeah, go ahead, Kyle. Yeah, I was just going to speak to it. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I, I always sing high praise of Adam, and, um, you know, although it is 11-3, there's definitely a lot of categories that are close. Um, you know, it, it looks a lot worse now than I think it's going to end up. Uh, I do have four starts left that, um, you know, I think will help me hang on to the pitching categories and hopefully take wins back. I know he's getting up there in his starts. So um, just hopeful to hang on to those and uh, trusting that over the weekend my team will hit some home runs and hopefully I'll be able to hang on to some of those other categories as well. So um, just happy that I'm, I'm putting up some big numbers against them and uh, yeah, like I said, hopefully I can win big because I think that would be fantastic for the standings. Well, this is, this is kind of the week. I mean, a big win this week, and you can kind of, I don't want to say clinch, obviously, but nail down that division title. You're, you're already up pretty big in the division. What is it, like 12 games, 13, 13 games? 13 and a half. 13 and a half games. I mean, a big win this week um, puts you somewhere 18 in that range, even close to 20. Um, tough to come back from with eight weeks to go, um, especially how good your team is. Yeah, it's a make-or-break week for Adam. Um, not necessarily in terms of making the playoffs. Well, maybe. Um, but as, as we spoke about two weeks ago, there's still a lot of time left um, for a lot of things to shake down in that 5-8 through eight spot in the playoff race. So, it's a big week for Adam if he wants to contend for the division crown. Um, and, you know, you don't want to fall too far behind those four additional playoff spots, but still think he's a legit contender for the 5-8 through eight spot. Yeah, certainly. All right. Um, I finally rid myself of the national nightmare that was Prince Fielder. Homered today, though, on Zach's team. Um, your thoughts on me finally cutting ties with the big man in Texas? Well, this one was funny because <laughs> right when you dropped him, I'm like, should I pick this guy up? And obviously, I think there were probably a bunch of teams in the league that considered it. Um, you, you almost have to. And I knew that Zach was going to be the one that picked him up. <laughs> I knew it uh, right when you dropped him. Like, I know Zach's going to go after him. Um, kind of definitely a guy that, that Zach's definitely going to be interested in. Um, just, I just don't know that he's good anymore, man. Um, seeing too many 0 for 3s, 0 for 4s um, for me to get invested I, I just, I guess I don't believe in Fielder anymore. Uh, I've seen too much this year. I think you had no choice but just to cut him loose. Yeah, I think it was two weeks ago that I said he was droppable. Um, so, I think uh, you're just two weeks behind. Um, he's, I think he's done. Uh, for five bucks, though, I think he's worth taking a flyer on. So, kudos to Zach for waking up earlier than other people in the league that day and grabbing him. Um, you know, definitely not worth a waiver claim, which I think was clear, and uh, no one did claim him. But uh, for five bucks, why wouldn't you give him a shot? He, he has the potential to be really good, but I just don't think he will be. Yeah, I was probably about a half hour away from picking him back up for five dollars. Um, definitely something that crossed my mind, but I had to get rid of this guy. I played about two and a half weeks with a twenty-four man roster. Um, just because of the David Price deal putting me over, um, over budget, I had to cut some, cut some, uh, salary there. And, you know, with trade market picking up, <clears throat> I can't, couldn't really take on any salary. So I was having to think about moving a guy like Quintana at $18, who's a guy that I don't really want to get rid of. Um, but I was looking at having to maybe move a guy like that to be able to make a deal with someone, um. So it and the fact that we talked about, you know, the utility eligibility, what finally pushed me over the edge was you know, sitting two, three days in a row and having jerks and profar play first base and seeing that they were more than okay with I mean, they're they're arguably the deepest lineup and offense in baseball. Um, they just have guys 
that can play a bunch of different spots. They can move people in and out. Profar played third today, um, which is really exciting for Tom that you know he's playing as well as he has and doing it at a bunch of different positions. He could be a really interesting keeper for the Malloy boys next year. Um, but that pushed me over the edge. And also a conversation I had with Shane last week about streaming. Um, just wanted to take a little stab at it, I guess. So um, Yeah, coming over to the dark side, uh, give yourself some flexibility, being able to pick your spots and, and look in the, the free agent market and, and see who has good matchups. And I, I think it's going to be a better route for you. I mean, you were kind of stuck putting Fielder in that utility spot. Now you open yourself up to being able to play some matchups every day. Um, you, you pick up a guy like David Fries today, or uh, Plouffe yesterday, Fries today. Hey, Fries is in Colorado. I'll take a shot on him. Yeah. Um, I think that's better than being stuck with, hey, I have to play Fielder here today. Just the way he's been playing, it's just not worth it. Yeah. So, Fielder, um, I, feel, I feel liberated getting rid of this guy. Um and, you know, it, it hurts to see him homer, but it's another one for four game. And that's a lot of what you're going to get. It, it's bad when you get excited about someone just getting a single. But that's what it was getting to a point with Fielder, where if he got one hit, I was like, oh, he's about to break out here. <laughs> you know, it's like it could have been a ground ball up the middle that the pitcher should have fielded. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it, it's time now. He's going to start hitting. And, um, yeah, it, it just it, it's not going to happen on the Desperado squad this year. And, I'm I'm okay with it at this point. I I spent nine weeks being wrong about my thirty-one dollar acquisition, and I'm sure I'll mess up another one next year. So yeah, I mean on. we've all been there with somebody. Uh, we uh, pay for somebody in the draft, and then they stink, and we are usually the last person to realize how bad they actually are because we want to believe. So uh, yeah, um, I, not I, uncommon, and yeah. it's going to happen to somebody again. I'm sure there's someone on my roster that is much worse than I think they are too. Yeah. Jason Hayward. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we've now gone 32 and a half minutes without our weekly Cody Munts update. Uh, <laughs> Charleston Chodes, we got to talk about them. Uh, shout out to Cody here. They are <clears throat> having a nice week against the Gorilla Glue, up 9-2-3. Um, he's 1-1 one one against Billy this year. Um, which, you know, is well documented. He did beat Billy, but he lost him two weeks ago. Um, he's two and a half games back of said Billy, and um, don't look now, but sure's coming. Um, Cody told us today in text messages that he will win the championship, though. So um, that's my Chodes update. What about you guys? Yeah, that was what I was going to go with, uh, my opening statements. We have the first person. I guess Kyle is probably the first. But uh, Cody came out today, no more than four hours ago, and said the Chodes are going to win the title this year. So um, I don't know if I believe him yet, but they're certainly looking like they're going to be in the playoffs. They're going to be there. Um, two and a half games out right now in the Ripken division, looking like they're not going to gain any ground this week maybe. The Bombers having another another big week, kind of giving it to sure so far. Um, we'll see if it holds up throughout the weekend, but... I like the Chodes. Pretty good team. Um, I think they could do some damage. Yeah, I uh, I thought that text thread was a safe place. Um, <laughs> a little worried that you guys are throwing things out in the <laughs> public now. Um, We're in the trust tree. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think he said it safe I, anymore. I think he said it tongue in cheek. That's the only reason I brought it up. I think if Cody actually felt that way i wouldn't embarrass him on the podcast it is a, it is a safe space um i just thought it was some, some interesting fodder to the chodes coming out and being brave and saying they're gonna win it yeah they won't <laughs> shame actually you haven't come out with any odds for this year what's up with that i was really looking forward to uh the odds weren't really a big hit um uh, i liked them <laughs> maybe uh maybe at the all-star break uh, i'll uh I'll do something along those lines. Yeah, I need something to read. Bino, wherever you're at, come up with something. I figure since we now we do the weekly podcast, I mean, I feel like that kind of took over as far as the monotony of uh, me typing out 16 teams worth of power rankings. Let's That's be honest. Point. Whenever Shane posts anything, the league no one answers <laughs> anyway. So, 
That is also he, true. He's not he's not only not on Kyle's radar, he's not on anybody's <laughs> radar. I don't even know if people get my messages when I send them. I feel like I'm the only one. I, I type these things out and no one really sees them. So and we There may be a handful of people in the league that don't know you are an owner. <laughs> and we can't say radar without another shout out to Radar. So <laughs> All right, um, three most likely players to be moved by the time we talk again next week. You guys got any thoughts on this? Well, I'll tell you who <clears throat> one of them is not, and it's Manny Machado. Uh, he, uh, what's the deal count up for <laughs> offers you He made? will not make this list. Uh, it's up to six now. <laughs> um, I made what I th- thought was a pretty good offer this week, two of them, and turned down instantly. So he's not going to make this list. Um, but I think some players on... That squad might. Um, so I'm going to go with Cole Hamels. I think moves pretty soon. Um, he's got the big price tag. Obviously not not any keeper value there on Hamels. So I think he definitely moves. Um, I think a guy like Corey Kluber might be on the way out. Um, I'm not really sure if, if Dave's happy about what he's doing. He's got some other interesting pitching options as far as keepers. Um, with Pomeranz doing so well. Um, obviously, I think he's going to stick on Archer. So, I think th- those are the two guys from, from Day's squad that I think might be on the way out. Um, and then, obviously, there's always Mickey. Um, going to be interesting to see where he goes because he's got to go somewhere. Yeah, um, I'll start off with Jason Hayward. Um, I think the experiment of giving him a shot and seeing what he was going to do um, it's just about over, and I need to free up some cap space to buy in other areas. So I can see myself moving him sometime in the near future. Um, and then, yeah, I, I would say a handful of people from Day's team are probably on their way out. Uh, Neil Walker is a name that I think is definitely going to draw a lot of interest and um, will be on his way to another team. Uh, Neil Walker was one guy that I definitely had in my list. Um, <clears throat> also, I think Chris Archer is going to probably be moving. Um, I think it's easy for Day to maybe sour on what Archer's been doing. Um, don't know if there's a ton of keeper potential out there with him. Um, so I think Archer could find his way out. And then the last guy I'm going to mention... I think Johnny Peralta, we might see the end of his run on um, Team Gorilla Glue. He's back. He's hitting for the Cardinals. And we know that um, Bino is willing to move anybody and everybody. He's already got a shortstop in Seager. And he's got um, a middle infielder in Swanson. So don't know if there's a ton of room for Peralta on the Team Gorilla Glue. Um, and I think we it's well documented that teams need help in the middle Shane looking at you um, <laughs> so I'm sure you're probably interested in making an offer on Peralta yeah a bunch of teams looking for, for shortstop help um, obviously I'm right there I don't know my interest on Peralta I actually haven't looked at him yet um, like to see what the playing time situation is going to be like in St. Louis before <clears throat> he's going to play I get too fully invested on him but Wong's in triple A Certainly uh, certainly going to be in the market for a shortstop at some point. I don't think Wilmer Flores is the answer, but that's, that's what we're going with right now. So, Man, I like me some Wilmer Flores. Yeah, you were really high on him last year. Sure was. All right, let's talk a little bit of prospects here. Um, you know, the MLB draft was tonight, so we're all getting excited thinking about who – some guys will be, you know, going in next year's Miners draft. Um, but which prospect are you most excited to see um, come up here since we've seen, again, this year, a lot of them come up um, and, you know, some of them do pretty well. So who, who's next on your list that you're excited to see come up? Well, just from a personal standpoint, I think for me it's Alex Reyes. Um We've been talking a lot about him in the past couple of weeks and just seeing what he's doing in the minor leagues. Actually had a bad start out his last time out, but other than that, he's this guy's just tremendous, and the ceiling on him is so high. Um, I want to see what he can do once he gets up. Um, the strikeout potential is, is incredible. Um, 
So yeah, for me, I guess the most exciting has to be has to be Reyes. Yeah, um, I guess it's hard not to pick a player on your own team. Um, so I guess I'm most excited just to see Cody Reed throw. Um, you know, there, I saw some articles saying that uh, Reed and Stevenson are probably on their way up shortly. So um, especially when I need pitching help, it'll it'll be good to have somebody that I can move up and down through my system to get starts and uh, won't add any cap to my salary here. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to see him throw and hopefully um, just help out this poor pitching staff I have. Um, well, I don't think he's going to come up this year, but I'm most excited to see Yon Mankata. Um, I just want to see what this guy can do and where the Red Sox can fit him into their lineup. Um, kind of similar to maybe a Jerickson Profar. Um, seeing where he can fit in with that ball club because I don't think it's going to be at second base or shortstop. Um, and even the outfield, you know, maybe left field, he could go or third base. Um, so one of those positions I could see Moncada coming up and playing. Yeah, interesting enough, I think that the if someone does come up for left field, it might be on my squad. The long-awaited arrival of Bryce Brent oh, stop. might be uh, actually doing some nice things in AAA. That's what I, everything I'm reading, it seems he might be the next guy to get a call if they do need help in the outfield, which is obviously I think I'd be more excited about Moncada coming up, but I saw I was reading a couple of things the past couple of days about Brent's. Ben, ben Attendee's the other guy that comes to mind, Andrew Ben Attendee from Burkhardt's squad, again, another outfielder for the Red Sox. Um, moved quickly through the system. Another guy that doesn't get a ton of pub, uh, Wilson Contreras, catcher for the Cubs. Um, watched a game last week where it was actually the area to start um, Miguel Montero basically single-handedly lost the game for the Cubs. He's not a very good player. And I think Contreras could be um, the next young piece um, in this Cubs National League All-Star team. They're, they're just a really good team. I think one of the historically great teams that we're going to see. And they're just bludgeoning teams to death. So I would like to see if Contreras is maybe another piece to that Cubs team despite you know being a Cardinals fan. And then a follow-up of the guys that have come up and um, already up this year. Who are you most excited about moving forward? This one's easy for me, but... Um. I think it's got to be Profar <laughs> for me. Um, obviously excited about what he's been doing the past couple of weeks. Um, hitting everything. Can play anywhere. Just seem, It seems he can put him anywhere in the lineup, any any position in the lineup and he, and he seems to be succeeding so really excited about Profar and obviously I'm, I'm still still on the Trey Turner bandwagon um, I'm excited now hopefully he's back up in the near future kind of disappointed that he got sent back down uh, I think Danny Espinosa is is not very good um, I think I would have Turner up right now if I were them um, I'm going to be selfish again and talk about one of my players um, <sighs> why not was... Max Kepler um, he's a guy that I knew I you were going to go with him. He's not good. Yes, he is. Anyways, as I was about to say before, I was rudely interrupted. Um, Jordan drafted him. Uh, it was a guy that I was actually interested in drafting going into the draft. and uh, He held on to him for me for a long time and dropped him right before he got called up. So thank you, Jordan, for, for doing that for me. Um, just excited to have someone with a lot of potential. So, uh they said they're going to give him at bats, and he's been getting them. He hasn't really been doing great things with them, but uh, hoping he'll figure it out because he's hit everywhere he's gone. Well, the guy that I think is clear top of this list is Nomar Mazzara. Um, I think this dude's a monster. Um, I think that, you know, just another Andy success story, and Mazzara's really good. He's playing a key part in that Texas Texas lineup, and he's part of the reason why they've been able to move Profar around a bunch of different places and why they can sit Prince Fielder for two, three days in a row and Mitch Moreland for a couple days because this guy is just locked down one of the outfield spots along with Ian Desmond um, for the Rangers. So I think Mazzara is, I think, the clear hitting prospect that's come up this year that I'm most excited about moving forward. 
And then from the pitching side, I'm hoping Blake Snell comes up and throws. Um, you know, there's been rumors that he might pitch tomorrow for the Rays. Smiley got pushed back, and um, Durham currently has to be determined who's throwing tomorrow for the Rays. So I'm a big Blake Snell fan. Uh, I'm excited to see him come back up and hopefully stay up. Back, back to your Mazar point, not to fray too far from our league, but is this going to be another off season where me and you argue over keeping Chris Bryant in our other league? No, he's our keeper, I okay. think. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's tough, but I think, you know, third base obviously is not as deep as outfield. I think there's a lot of good outfielders out there in baseball today. But I do want to talk, this wasn't on our agenda, but... Um, you know, we talked about Jerks and Profar. I talked about Blake Snell. Let's talk about the Malloy boys. We're going to have Tom on um, at some point here in the next couple weeks. We talked a little bit um, in text about how we like a lot of the guys on Tom's team um, and how he may have a handful of players that, you know, despite his record, would start on a lot of teams. What do you guys think about Tom's team and what he's doing? Um, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of what Tom's done, and he's acquired a ton of talent. So um, just want to see where you guys are at with uh, the Malloy boys. Yeah, I got the chance to see them firsthand last week uh, when I played them. And I, I went into the week, and I, looked, I expected to see a lineup that was kind of decimated and it was kind of going to be an easy. I ended up getting the big win, but it was more my team played really well. Um Tom kind of had a down week last week, but I kind of like Tom's team. Um, a lot of interesting young players, just kind of what we expected with the way he kind of sculpted his roster. Um, obviously, the pitching is where he struggles right now. Um, not a whole lot of depth on the on the roster as far as pitchers, but a lot of a lot of big young names um, just coming to mind. I mean, Archie Bradley's a guy that, that's doing pretty well. Um, I think there's a lot of potential there. Um, obviously, we got to like A.J. Reed, and I think we've talked about him a lot this year. Um, Moncada, we just talked about. Um, Profar, Tommy Joseph is another guy that's, that's doing pretty well for him. Got to be excited about. I, I definitely like what the Malloy boys are doing, and they seem to be stocked up on a lot of young talent for the future, so I, I think the future's looking bright for them. Yeah, I mean, Tom's someone I've believed in since uh, I've asked to get him in the league. Um I really do think he has a really good baseball mind, and um, just living with him for a couple of years, we've talked a ton of baseball. I mean, he knows his stuff. He's passionate about fantasy baseball, um, and I think this this strategy was a good one. Um, he's acquired a lot of talent, a lot of young players that have a lot of potential, uh, and he's hitting on a few of them. So, uh, excited just to see what he does from here. <clears throat> I can't imagine he just waits on all the talent to to blossom. Um, I'm assuming at some point he starts trying to put some pieces together and uh, land some big talent. Piscotti's the guy that you know I love on his team. Obviously, I have my Piscotti jersey on right now. Um, love Stephen Piscotti. I think he's probably one of the two or three best hitters on the Cardinals, and what actually isn't a bad offense right now. But, yeah, you talked about Tommy Joseph. He's been great. Looks like first baseman of the future for the Phillies um, and the near future. And, you know, being able to play him a catcher this year is huge. It's not going to be great next year. But, um, Kyle, the other reason why I wanted to bring up Tom's team is I bet you'd rather have Jason Worth than Jason Hayward in your lineup right now. Nope. Worth's got ten homers. Worth's not a guy that's that's – a viable starter in this league. <laughs> yeah. Uh, coming from straight from the Stallions. He's not. I need stolen bases. <laughs> so I'm happy with the seven that Hayward has put up. That's fine. Worth's worth, worth still a good player. So. No, he's not. You guys see anyone on Tom's team? Um, obviously, you know, he's still in the trade market looking to get rid of some of these guys, but. I think most of his team is going to hold on. It's going to be interesting to see if he has, you know, 10, 11 solid keeper candidates by the time it's all said and done this year. 
Yeah, I think it's a guy we just talked about, even though Kyle's going to argue. Jason Worth is a guy that can probably still be shipped. It's going to take an interesting combination of, of where he can go. Um, someone that's in desperate need of, of a flash-in-the-pan power in the outfield. Uh, Byung-Ho Park's a guy that, that could possibly move. Don't think Tom's going to be interested in keeping him at 24 bucks. Um, Corey Dickerson is an interesting one for me. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know that Tom is going to want to hold on Dickerson. I'm not sure how you guys feel there, but that's probably uh, and obviously a Adam Wainwright, maybe. Yeah. Good start yeah. by Wainwright today. I'll be against I see, the Reds. Uh, I see Carlos Santana moving at some point, um, batting at the top of that order. And then, um, yeah, Dickerson is probably not on the move because I have inquired about him. Um, at this point, has more keeper value to Tom than uh, what he thinks he can get for him at this point. Yeah, he's kind of at his sense. he's kind of at his floor of value right now. Um, just you know, hitting in Tampa hasn't been a great move for him coming over from Colorado. I mean, the power's there. Yeah, that's it though. And he he literally cannot make contact with a left-handed pitcher, so that that hurts. The other guy on his team, what a thug, man! Jordano Ventura. Uh, this guy sucks. He's he's te- he's just a bad person too. I think Adam Jones said it best. I mean, this guy's got a screw loose. Yeah, there's something wrong. Yeah, he, he's clearly not. He not th- all there. he threw that pitch and was ready to fight immediately. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just throwing 99 mile an hour fastballs at people. Yeah, um, this guy, this guy's there's something wrong with him. He threw the weakest punch. <laughs> and then got decked. Yeah, I think he's really lucky that 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 fight didn't last longer because I think Machado would just tore him up. Yeah, he was ready to rip his head off, man. Ventura, I got no respect for that dude. He's just an absolute idiot. Um, I wonder if his time's up in Kansas City. His time should be up on the Malloy boys too because he's a stiff man. I'm not. I'm not a fan of Jordana Ventura right now. I tried to buy him earlier in the year, and he was not for sale. I thought about it, you know, making an offer on him, um, but he's just been atrocious, and you know, he's got between him and Puig, he's got guys that people just love to hate. <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about let's talk about Puig real quick. I mean, this guy's struggled <laughs> mightily. Um, you were obviously the highest on Puig. Yeah, that was stupid. of the group. Um, are we ready to write this guy off yet, or is there there's still something there that you want to see? Uh, I, th- I think I'm finally at a point where I'm not interested in Yasiel Puig at all, unfortunately. Coming over to the dark mm-hmm. side, I like it. Yeah. I'll say the thing I'm impressed about is that Tom didn't extend him. You know, he was only $5 and could have been extended for $2 per year. Um, I thought that took some good self-control to not do that. Yeah, I mean, when it comes down to playing a guy like Trace Thompson every day or a guy like Gassio Puig, you got to like Thompson a lot more than what Puig's given, um, given you. I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of expecting Tom to not keep Puig. And for him to be back in the draft next year. And my follow-up question then, Shane, is what's a guy like Puig go for in our draft next year? Uh, If I had to ballpark it from past drafts, he's going to go for somewhere around $25. The exact number I had in my head. I was going to say 20 just because that's what I paid for a guy like Will Myers, who I think maybe in a similar situation, you know, Myers, a lot of people are down on it, but I think st- people still knew there were skills there. Um, so, yeah, twenty twenty five, probably a good guess. I will not be one of them. Yeah, I'm out on Puig, so if I'm I'll bidding... I'll bid at $2. <laughs> uh, Cody will probably bid to $2 quicker. Nobody loves bidding up more than uh, our friend Cody Munz. All right, um, anything else you guys want to talk about here in week 10 of the Blue Mountain Fantasy Baseball Champions League? 
no, that was that's pretty much all I had for tonight. Uh, that was a good show. Yeah, I got nothing else to add. All right, so that wraps up the week ten podcast um, for our favorite league. Um, you know, just again, a lot of a lot of lopsided scores this week. It's been it's been that way for a couple weeks now, and the standings are really really starting to separate and. Here we are, a month and a half away from the trade deadline, and we've seen, I think, 13 deals, 13 or 14 deals go down already this year, and I don't even think that we've, you know, we're not even, I think, at half the number we're going to be at by the end of the year. It's, it's going to get crazy here in the next couple of weeks, I think. No, yeah, there's going to be, it's probably going to, we always see this every year. I mean, you get the early deals, um, there's usually kind of a little bit of a lull and then it starts to heat up at the end of June. Um, that's kind of when things start getting serious, getting closer to the end of the regular season. Um, teams know where they stand and, and who needs to make a move, and it's going to be no different this year. We have you have really, what, four four teams that, are, that have said they're pretty much out of the running this year. Everyone else is kind of still hanging around. Um, so, yeah, you're going to have about, 10, 12 teams looking to improve. And it's just going to, for me, it comes down to maybe those teams that are 11th, 12th right now. What are they going to do? I'm thinking about the Slump Busters, uh, Dutch Oven. Um, who else? Well, let's just, Caleb's fascinating to me that he's 18 games under 500 and he, he is really trying to buy. I mean, he, you know, he, his team's playing well. Obviously, we talked at the beginning of the show about how good his offense is, but you know he believes in what he has, and with the eight, with the eight playoff teams this year, this is exactly what Bino had hoped would happen. You know, a team that probably should consider selling is saying, "No, I'm going to buy, and I'm going to try and get in the playoffs." So, um, I just think that's fascinating. Bino for president, he's making fantasy baseball fun again. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, I think going into this week, the oven were about 15 games out of the playoffs. Um, so it's kind of do or die for them right now. Uh, no fault in them buying them. Yeah, you, your team, go for it. Um, this is this is when you got to make your move. I mean, they kind of got to be in go mode the rest of the way for the last what is it eight weeks here in the regular season. They they don't really have room for error. They're they're taking it to a good Matadors team this week, and they kind of got to stay on the gas pedal the, the rest of the way if they're going to get in. Um, can't got to avoid uh, pretty much any any more big losses or, or maybe they're on the selling list too. Yeah, and you know it's never too early to say that if I had those five wins back, um, he'd be <laughs> he'd be thirty he'd be thirty games out of the first place in the division That's instead true. of twenty. So hey, maybe maybe those wins are what's what's keeping him around here. I mean, twenty yeah. games out at this point is is a lot different than fifteen. Yeah, and we play each other next week, Caleb. So don't pull me crap. All right, <laughs> is that a is that an LVC conspiracy? <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. I don't know what's in the water out there in, uh, in Lebanon Valley. They seem, you know, LVC has always liked beating Albright more than Albright <laughs> has liked beating LVC. You know, the at LVC, if they win the annual football game against Albright, they get a day off from school. <laughs> and if if Albright beats Leval, it's more like, all right, you know, let's go drink. It's like, you <laughs> is know, that true? <laughs> yeah, they they literally get a day off from school and they they like do a parade to the center of campus as a as a student body and oh, wow. yeah, they care a little bit more about the pretzel bowl <laughs> than uh, than the Albright Lions do. But you know, we well, ju- we expect to win in, re- in Reading. <laughs> We don't we don't hope that we win so that we don't have to go to chemistry the next day like they do in Anvil, so um, that's fine. I'll take I'll take the Albright guys over the Lebval guys any day. I still like you guys though. Make a trade with me. <laughs> All right, find us on Twitter at Red Triangle Twenty Three. Um, you know, rate review the podcast on iTunes. Subscribe. Uh, you, you guys have all been listening and giving us feedback and we appreciate it so uh, thanks for joining us yet again and when we talk next it'll be week 11 and the Desperados may have an 18 game lead on the Matadors instead of an 8 game lead so <laughs> uh, Andy looking forward to you getting back in the race because 
it's not fun beating you when you're not trying. So um, take care, and we'll talk to you guys again next week.